G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Sometimes we pray for something once and nothing happens and we say, well, God said no, don't give up. Pastor Greg Laurie says the Lord wants us to come to Him with our prayers and He wants us to keep asking, seeking and knocking. Hey, Greg, I've been praying for my prodigal child for a long time, and I don't see them coming back yet. Well, you keep praying for them. Jesus says, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Don't give up in prayer. This is the day when the lost are found. Have you noticed that sometimes you'll click on something on a website and nothing happens? You wait and you know from experience that if you click a second time, you might well have just ordered two widgets from blahblahblah.com. Well, we might bring a similar hesitation to our prayers. Should I pray again? Would God be irritated? Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie brings good insight on effective prayer. not an option for a believer. To be a growing Christian, you must have a prayer life. If you want God to speak to you, if you want God to provide for you, if you want God to help you to not worry, if you want to be ready for the return of Jesus, you need to pray. And we're going to read a few verses that give to us what we often refer to as the Lord's Prayer. Let's read Luke 11, verse 1. Now it came to pass, he was praying in a certain place. When he ceased, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said, when you pray, say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we forgive everyone who is indebted to us Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now I want you to notice that before a word of personal petition is offered, I must consider who I am speaking to. It starts with our Father who art in heaven. Too often we cut to the chase. And by that I mean we go straight to the grocery list. Okay, Lord, here's what I need from you. There's nothing wrong with that. There's a place for that. But it's not necessarily the first thing we should pray for. I begin my prayer with worship, adoration, and an acceptance of his will. And then we bow our heads and we might bring petitions before the Lord and so forth. But the point is, is I'm contemplating the greatness of God. Have you ever noticed that when you see God in his power and his glory, you see your problems in a different way? 
Because when you have a big God, you will see that you have small problems. But if you have big problems, do you have a small God? Maybe you need to see God for who He is. So Jesus says, after this manna, therefore pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. So just think of the awesomeness of God, the power of God. And that brings me to principle number one. If you want your prayer answered in the affirmative, pray according to the will of God. If you want your prayer answered in the affirmative, pray according to the will of God. Jesus teaches us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Again, our Lord modeled this in Gethsemane. Remember when he said to the Father, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but what? Yours be done. And so it's a submission to the will of God. Listen, the primary objective of prayer is to line my will up with God's will. Prayer does not change God's mind. Prayer changes my mind. Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It's taking hold of his willingness. By my praying, I'm instructing myself more than him. The objective of prayer is not getting my will in heaven. It's getting God's will on earth. Number two, when I bring my petitions before God, this is something that I do after I've acknowledged the greatness of God. I mean, Jesus says, okay, now pray. Give us this day our daily bread. Do you find it an amazing thing that this all-knowing, all-powerful, omnipresent God who created the entire universe has an interest in you and me personally? But the Bible says he does. God's concerned with the things that concern me. Why would he care about my daily bread? I don't know. Job even asks, Job seven seventeen, what is man that you make so much of him? Why do you give him so much attention? <laughs> Here's a simple answer. Why does God care? Because he loves you. Why does he love you? That's a good question. <laughs> but he does. He does. He loves you with an everlasting love. In fact, Jesus said, fear not, little flock, it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So the Father loves to bless us. Here's another secret to answer prayer. This is really important. You must confess your personal sin. Jesus teaches us to pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive those that sin against us. This word sin could be translated trespasses, shortcomings, uh, things that we've done that are wrong. And listen to this. If you have unconfessed sin in your life, your prayers aren't going anywhere. I mean, you can pray piously, you can pray loudly, you can pray impressively, but if you have a sin in your life you've not confessed before God, your prayer life's gonna come to a screeching halt. Because the psalmist said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So there needs to be that confession. Here's another secret of answered prayer. As much as possible, stay out of the way and the place of temptation. Verse four, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now you can't completely remove yourself from temptation. Even if you left the planet, you would still get tempted. Here's what we're saying, Lord, don't let me be tempted above my capacity to resist. I think we've all seen that bumper sticker that says, lead me not into temptation. I can find it myself, right? We do a pretty good job of that, don't we? And the problem, of course, with temptation is how we can rationalize it. 
how we make it seem okay in our life. Have you ever noticed that it's easier to find sin in other people's lives than in your life? Oh, they shouldn't do that. That's wrong. But somehow in my life, I rationalize it. In other people's life, that sin looks so stupid and foolish, but in my life, it's a little bit different. And you know what that is? That is exactly what Jesus was talking about when he said, how can you pick out a speck in your brother's eye when you have a telephone pole in yours? That'd be a modern update. Like you're so quick to nitpick in somebody else's life, maybe there's something worse in your own life. Here's what I think. I think the people that are the most nitpicky, that are always harping on things and coming down on others, are usually struggling with greater sin in their own life. So I'm not surprised when I hear somebody that's always condemning others and jumping down the throat of others and putting others down. Then one day it turns out they're guilty of some crazy sin. Yeah, that's why they were doing it. Don't you understand? So let's be very careful about these things because these things can trip us up. Here's a little test to apply if you're not really sure if it's an enticement to evil, pray about it in the clear light of the presence of God. So this thing you're gonna do, pray about it. I don't know if I should go to that thing. Okay, just pray about it. You'll know really quick. Lord, bless us as we go to this party to get drunk. Uh, Yeah, I'm not gonna pray about that. See, you already have the answer. Hey, Lord, this guy I'm going out with that's not a believer and, you know, yeah, you know what? You already have the answer because it doesn't pass a basic litmus test. Here's another thing to ask. How would it seem if you saw somebody else doing that? You know, you say it's okay for you. What if you saw another Christian brother or sister doing that thing? Here's something to remember. If you can't write hallowed be thy name over what you're doing, don't do it. So what are you going to do? We're going to go out to dinner. Can you write Hollywood be thy name over that? Yeah, good. Go for it. Enjoy yourself. Now we're going to go to church. Can you write Hollywood be thy name over that? Absolutely. Now we're going to go do this other thing. Can you write Hollywood be thy name over it? Yes, I can. Then go for it. Well, I don't know if I can write Hollywood be thy name over going to that movie. Then uh, don't go to it. I don't know if I can write Hollywood be thy name over that music. Then don't listen to that music, you see? Listening to A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, the Senior Pastor from Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. Glad you've joined us today. Let's continue now with this message called What Every Christian Needs to Know About Prayer. This is the last secret of answered prayer, if you will. Don't give up. Let's read a few more verses and we'll close. Verse 5. He said, Which of you, if you have a friend, and go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves, For a friend of mine has come in from his journey and I have nothing to set before him and he will not answer from within and say, don't trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I can't rise and give it to you. I say to you though, he will not rise and give it to him because it's his friend, yet because of his persistence, he'll rise and give him as much as he needs. So here's the real kicker. So I say to you, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Don't give up in prayer. This is really important. Sometimes we pray for something once and nothing happens and we say, well, God said no. Lord, save the world, amen. That covers it. That's a worthless prayer. 
Hey, Greg, I've been praying for my non-believing husband for 10 years and nothing has happened. Well, keep praying about it. Hey, I've been praying for my prodigal child for a long time and I don't see them coming back yet. Well, you keep praying for them. Hey, I've been praying for a revival to come to the United States of America and it hasn't come yet. Well, you keep praying about that. Hey, I've been praying that the Lord would heal me of this problem, this sickness, this illness, and I'm not healed yet. Will you keep praying about that? That's okay. Ask and it shall be given. Seeking you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. Now, this is kind of a hard scene for us to understand, but back in this culture, you know, everybody lived in one house, okay? And, uh, and usually they all slept in one room. So getting everyone to sleep was a big ordeal. So here's mom and dad and grandma and grandpa and uncle Harry and aunt Matilda and the brothers and the sisters and the cousins and a dog or two and you're all laying on this floor here and you're all, you know, tucked in for the night and some crazy guy starts banging on your door. What, what? I need some bread. Someone came to visit me. Yeah, go get your own bread but he keeps pounding on the door. Well, if this guy doesn't get what he wants, he's not gonna leave you alone. So you, you step over Uncle Harry and step on your cousin and you, know, and you step on the dog's tail and you give him his bread so he'll go away. Now Jesus is saying, if you would do that for a persistent person, how much more will the Father do it for you? Because he wants to do it for you. And by the way, the Lord's language is unusually compelling because of three verbs that he uses. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, seek, and knock. There is an ascending intensity. First of all, ask implies a request for assistance. We realize our need, we ask for help. Kind of low key. Father, we bring this need before you right now and we're, we're asking for this in Jesus' name. Sort of like when you're in a restaurant and you want some more coffee and you're looking for a server. Why, why do they disappear and where do they go, you know? You know, at certain points, they're, they're everywhere, constantly, you know. They're wiping your mouth. Oh, I'm good, I'm good, you know. And, and they're interrupting. And, and, and so, okay, and now, now when you need them, they're gone. They're, they've left. We don't know where they've gone to. And so you're looking for some, excuse me, excuse me, I, can I get a little more coffee? Excuse me, can I? So you're asking. You're being polite about it. So that's the idea here. You ask. But seek is different. It denotes asking, but adds action. So this doesn't just mean I'm asking, but I, I'm asking pretty aggressively. Okay, now we come to knock. This includes asking plus acting plus persevering. It's like that person pounding on the closed door. Sort of a, I'm not gonna take no for an answer. So going back to our restaurant analogy. First you're asking, excuse me, excuse me, no one answers. Uh, then you find someone, can I get some more coffee? Can I get some more coffee? And now finally, you're just gonna go up and get the coffee, you pour it yourself. They don't like it when you do that, but that's the idea here. I'm taking matters into my own hands, okay? I'm not suggesting with God we're taking matters into our own hands, but what I'm saying is, when we believe something is the will of God, we don't give up. And listen to me, when you're praying for the salvation of a loved one, don't give up. And I'm telling you, you don't give up as long as they're alive on this earth. <laughs> you know, I prayed for my mom for years and years and years. I came to Christ and tried to bring her to faith and she didn't want to have anything to do with it. And she was hard against God for almost her entire life. And then at the end of her life, she finally made that commitment to Christ. I mean, I prayed for her for 
well over 40 years. That was a long time to pray for something. But God answered my prayer. And there's other people you pray, boom, they just respond. It's, a, it's great. But you know, don't give up. And when we look at our country right now, we know we need a spiritual awakening in America. That's a whole message unto itself. But we just look at the state of our country right now. What's it going to take to wake this nation up to its need for God? So we shouldn't give up on America. And that's why we're so committed to doing these evangelistic events. Because we believe that America needs to hear the gospel. So ask, seek, and knock, and you shall receive. Much of our prayer has no power in it because there's no heart in it. So don't back down. Okay, so let's wrap this up. We've talked about praying. Do you know how to pray? Maybe you say your prayers. Sometimes parents will say to their kids, no, say your prayers before you go to sleep. Say your prayers. I don't think we want to teach our children to say their prayers as much as we want to teach them how to pray. Because you can say little prayers and never be heard by God. You know, Jesus told the story of a Pharisee and a, a publican. Not a Republican, a publican. <laughs> Both went into the temple to pray and the Pharisee prayed, God, I thank you I'm not like other men. And I fast twice a week and give tithes of everything that I possess and I'm not like this guy here. You know your prayers are messed up when you say something like that to God. And then the publican wouldn't even lift his eyes up to heaven. He just said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus said, guess whose prayer was heard by God? And we think, oh, the Pharisee, the religious guy. No, no, no. God didn't hear his prayers. He heard the other guy because it was an honest, heartfelt prayer. And the other guy effectively was just praying to himself. So you can pray your little prayers and never have your prayers go anywhere or you can learn how to pray. And that only comes through a relationship with God because you will never be able to pray effectively as long as there's sin in your life. And every one of us have sinned. And every one of us continue to sin. And that is why God took such drastic measures and sent Jesus Christ to come to this earth and walk this planet. And he breathed our air and he lived our life and then he died our death. And he paid the price for all the sin that we've committed. And if we'll tell God we're sorry for our sin and ask Christ to come into our life, he will forgive us. And we can start this wonderful prayer life and know that we're heard by God, our Father who art in heaven. The only way you can come into this relationship with God is by becoming his son or his daughter. And the only way to become a child of God is through adoption. I was adopted by a man named Oscar Laurie. He gave me his name, Oscar. No, Lori. But <laughs> the point is, he adopted me. And we're adopted into God's family. And he will adopt you right now. And you'll know that you have a father in heaven. If you'll turn from your sin and ask him to forgive you. And if you haven't done that yet, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do it as we close in prayer. Okay, let's all bow our heads. And Father, I pray for everyone here, everyone listening, everyone hearing. If they don't know you yet, Lord, help them to see their need for Jesus and help them to come to you now and believe. So work with the power of your Holy Spirit and the hearts of each one. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Greg Laurie with an important word of prayer from today's study. It's all about prayer. And if you'd like to make a change in your relationship with the Lord, prayer is a great place to start. And Pastor Greg would like to help you with that right now. If you would like to accept Jesus Christ into your life right now, and by that I mean if you would like your sin forgiven and have the assurance that you will go to heaven when you die, would you pray this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I thank you for dying on the cross for my sin and rising again from the dead. I'm sorry for my sin, Lord, and I turn from it now, and I put my faith in you to be my Savior, my Lord, my God, and my friend. Thank you for loving me and calling me and accepting me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer in a minute, I want you to know on the authority of God's word that Jesus Christ has just come to take residence in your heart. The Bible says these things we write to you that believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Well, thanks, Pastor Greg. And congratulations if you've just prayed those words and meant them sincerely. Know that the Lord has heard you and forgiven you of your sin. We'd like to send you some resource materials too to help you start this new journey. Just ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. The team would also love to pray with you. That's 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. Well, next time, Pastor Greg explains to us what happens when heaven comes to earth. For more insights from his Essential series next time on A New Beginning. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called What Every Christian Needs to Know About Prayer. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1-800-00-5011 or visionstore.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.